aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Wow, we've got Ken Raposa. He's an industry analyst from the Coalition for a Prosperous America, former staff foreign correspondent for the Wall Street Journal, senior contributor to Forbes, covering China since 2011. Forbes, great magazine. I've been reading it for years, even subscribed to it. He's a seasoned veteran business journalist with more than 20 years experience reporting locally for the Boston Globe and stationed abroad as a staff reporter for the Wall Street Journal, Dow Jones News in San Paulo, Brazil, where he won awards for his work. His latest House Foreign Affairs Committee talks China experts controls CHIPS Act. CHIPS Act. What's the CHIPS Act? Well, the website prosperousamerica.org uh china they're controlling most of our drugs most of our chips they're buying u.s farmland house foreign affairs committee talking of a china expert about controlling the chip sacks auto dealers you can't buy cars in showrooms they got no chips uh taiwan taiwan is responsible for most of the major chip manufacturing I mean, this is incredible. Tell me what's going on there, Ken, with the uh, House Committee. Are they actually doing something for a change? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the CHIPS Act is probably going to be signed into law by Biden on Tuesday, I heard. Um, and the big, and so the biggest problem with the CHIPS Act, you know, so the CHIPS Act is a, is a 200 something billion dollar bill. Wow. And in that, yeah, and in that bill, there's good, like all bills which there, there's good and there's bad. So the good thing is the 50-something billion, which would go to entice these corporations to build what's called fabs, you know, fabrication facilities where they make semiconductors, high-end semiconductor chips in the United States. Because unfortunately, you have to hang a carrot in front of Intel and AMD. You have to do it. Because if you don't do it, China is loaded with carrots, loaded. It's got a big market. It's got a growing economy. It's got low taxes. It's got low regulation. It's got low labor costs. Okay, so that's all the carrot they need without the government saying, "Hey, we're going to give you free land, or we're going to give you a, a ten years of, of you know no income tax." Right. They, they don't need that because they already have these these three issues that are ta- that are paramount for companies. This is, how, this is how companies make decisions over whether they're going to offshore or not, or whether where are they going to invest. Okay. So you have to throw money at these guys in some way. You call it a subsidy, you call it an incentive, whatever you want to call it. Guys who don't like the word subsidies, they get mad and they don't like that aspect of it. But something's got to be done if you want to compete with China. Otherwise, Intel's are just going to say, hey, I'm not getting any help here. China's giving me the help. They got all those three uh, things that I just mentioned that are much lower overhead burdens for me. I'm going there. So that aside. We've got to make chips here because chips are used in all the military also, all the electric cars, so much stuff. It's used in everything, Uh, sensitive technology. We've got to make sure that it doesn't get in the hands of the Chinese military contractors right now. But from what I'm reading on your article, the YMTC, state-owned semiconductor ties to the CCP, Communist uh, Central Party, Apple provided chips from there, coming directly from there. Uh, Columbus, yep. Ohio facility of Intel is supposed to be one of the biggest plants built. Big Intel plant over in Mesa, Arizona, number of them. They can't get the uh, 
chip-making equipment. China controls all the chip-making equipment. Where are you going to go from there if you can't get the equipment? That is the biggest problem. So see, so so chip-making is an ecosystem, right? So the United States, well, so what we do in the United States, let's keep it simple for radio, is we design it, we have the machines that make the chips, and then we right. offshore it. We offshore it to Taiwan Semiconductor, Samsung, and so on, okay? Right, and right. And they make it in mainland China, but mostly they make it in Taiwan, South Korea. So now, if, now China, what China is doing is saying we want we want a part of that action too because we see the way the world is going with artificial intelligence and quantum computing. We want to be part of the sure, league, but right? not only that, but we've got to have a supply of chips for the military as well as for the uh, commercial uses. Right, we've got to have a reliable, reliable supply. Right. Now they're building a huge. very cheap. Go ahead, Erskine. They're building a huge plant uh, here in Phoenix. It's huge. It's a uh, uh, hundreds of acres uh, for Taiwan company. But if Taiwan yep. gets threatened with China, is that really going to be dependable in that sense? Well, that would be a nightmare scenario because if China really wanted to, they don't need to really roll in with tanks on the shores of Taiwan. They could just, you know, capture Taiwan semiconductors manufacturing uh, facilities right. in mainland China, right? If, I, I don't know how much of Taiwan semiconductor chips are actually made in mainland. I'm sure they try to keep most of it in, in uh, Taiwan. But back to the Chips Act, Erskine. So here's the thing where China comes in. So you got the $50 billion or so that goes to Intel, AMD, to make high-end chips in the United States, keep the machines, keep the intellectual property, everything, the whole ecosystem made here. Then right. there's $200 billion. And here's the problem with that. That two hundred billion, and unfortunately, this is going to be this, this part can't be plucked out of the bill. It's, it's going to be it's going to become a law. That means that a, a schools, MIT, Stanford, they could say, let me give you an example. You know, we're gonna we're gonna come up with a way to make a hologram phone. You know, like Obi Wan Kenobi. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. With R two D two zapping, you know, an image of Princess Leia to Luke Skywalker in the seventies. We're gonna invent that for Apple, and Apple's gonna pay us some money. And then guess what? Part of that research that we get from the government to do that work for Apple, it cahoots with Apple, we could we could just offshore that to YMTC, you know, the Apple partner in, in right. China. We right. could just partner with the Beijing University to make it. Oh my goodness. Plus yeah. every every college university we have Chinese cultural centers and a lot of the people there are working as spies for China. They have to. Well, that's the that's the negative of the bill. We we hope it doesn't happen. The odds of it happening is, is it 100 percent? Some right, some of us right. in that coalition would say it's 150 percent, and others would say, well, let's be realistic. Maybe it's five percent. But you know, it's it, it is what it is. That, that's these these bills don't get plucked <laughs> up. You don't, you don't just get the good stuff. You get the bad stuff. You know, unfortunately. Now, do we need 200 billion dollars when 50 billion is going to chip manufacturing? What's the other 150? No, the, the, so fifty billion. Let's make it simple. Fifty billion goes to the likes of an Intel or a Global Foundries and other companies in New York. Most of them, and two hundred billion or so. That's the science component because it's really known as the Chips Act and Chips and Science Act or something like that. That component of the bill would go to you know universities to do research, like I said, on the hologram phone. So you and I, we come up with this idea. We're professors at Stanford and MIT. We come up with this idea to make like the Obi-Wan Kenobi R2-D2 hologram phone, right? Yeah. We come up with it. We got to figure out how to do it. We get money from the government to do it. We get money from Apple to do it. Apple, you know, wants to have some of the IP. They want to be involved in it. Maybe Apple says, hey, we'll help you out, but you got to partner with YMTC or then 
Maybe you don't even need Apple. Maybe just Stanford itself says, hey, let's do this part and get uh, our oh. friends in Peking University to do it for, for, for us and help us out. So what you're telling guys. me is we can't write a bill without throwing pork in it. Exactly. Oh, my That's God. That's what I'm telling you. And not, we can't not write like, a bill that like has, has guardrails, no guardrails to protect against that. that not like we've got that much time. money to throw away right now, is it? <laughs> no. We, yeah, I mean, the bill for... for, for I mean, to, to give money to Intel, help Intel out, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call that throwing money away, really. But no, the $200 no. billion, if you're going to give it to Stanford and stuff like that, and they're going to you know, partner with um, the likes of Chinese universities or Chinese companies, it's a negative. It's, it's a headwind because you lose those guardrails. China can steal the IP. You know, you're partnering with you know, who, who everybody considers our, our biggest rival. And, you know, but they, these are all multinationals and universities. They, they love it. They love China. They pretend they don't, well, but they do. Ken, what you're telling me is we're going to supply the research for China's next, uh, next venture in that. We're going to supply the research. We're going to put out the money for it. We're going to Could put be. out the money for China. Could be. <laughs> you know it's going to be. That's the way it seems yeah, to work. Right, right. I mean, I mean, you know, th- these are worst case scenarios, right? You, you, you know, that's not going to. That doesn't happen for every last penny, right? It doesn't happen for every last penny. But maybe it happens for a hundred million dollars. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. We, we can, you know, you, you can make a prediction. So a billion here, a billion there. A classic example. Yeah. Go ahead. I, yeah, I just gave you a classic example, you know, the hologram phone. You know, the hologram phone right. is going to happen one day in our lifetime. Some university is going to come up with it. Some major corporation, probably Apple, is going to come up with the IP, the intellectual property, or the idea to even try making such a thing to scale. They're going to hire some lab somewhere. Do you think they're going to hire a lab somewhere, a manufacturer somewhere in the United States to put it together, or are they going to hire a partner with someone in China to put it together? Let me ask you a point. Are we going to get chips so that we can manufacture cars again? Is that going to happen? So we are going to do the low-end chips as well. We are going to do the the chips act will definitely produce low-end chips as well. Those chips are you know pennies on the dollar. They're not big money, but they're they're very important to the automotive supply chain as well. Otherwise, you're laying off people because you can't get chips from Taiwan. Let's say, yeah. Now the the parts to manufacture chips, who owns that? Uh, it's made out of rare earth minerals, or what's it made out of? The chip, okay, silicone, so, well, polysilicon. I think at the core of chip making, right, and I'm not a chip making expert, but at the core of it, I think it's, it's some of it is quartz rock and some of it is even sand. And if you want it, and, and China, when Nancy Pelosi was flying into Taiwan within a few hours of her flight to Taiwan, they, they said, we're going to stop exporting sand to, to Taiwan. And now most people who don't know anything about, you know, what that even means, I think, wow, who cares, you know? Can't, oh no, Taiwan Island can't buy sand. Well, okay. The reason why they're buying sand is because they use that to make something, you know, crystal, glass, whatever it is they use for that sand to make, you know, as, as an ingredient, as part of the ingredients of making these chips. So, so that's one of the reasons they probably the built a huge, a huge chip plant, Intel, and also uh, Taiwan, uh, Taiwan in Arizona because we definitely have sand. There you go. And quartz. We have a lot of that as well in North Carolina, I believe. Right. North Carolina, you got a lot of quartz in Kentucky, various places where you've got quartz mines. And uh, so you, mm-hmm. we've got all of that. So we're not dependent on rare earth minerals or things that we can't get. We've got the minerals here. Right. We have a lot of the minerals here. The problem becomes 
when the Environmental Protection Agency or state regulators say, you know, cause this, this is very toxic to do this. You, you, you're not just pulling this stuff out of the ground and, oh, here it is. It's exactly as I need it, right? It's like, it's right. like you and I found gold in a river in Nevada. You know, we, we didn't pull out a gold necklace. We pulled out little gold rocks. <laughs> well, how do we turn that into a necklace? Right. How do we turn that into a gold bar? We, get, we have to – the process is, is, is toxic for some of these uh, rocks and some of these minerals. And so a lot, of, a lot of regulations are in place, right, to lower that toxicity. Right. We don't want poison stuff going in our rivers. Of course not. Well, that, that sort of regulation doesn't exist in the Congo. It doesn't exist in you know, parts of China. So you know, that, that's why that industry shifts there. Well, the same thing happened with the solar industry. You wrote about that, too. Biden gave China the solar industry. Eliminated the Trump International Trade Commission report mm-hmm. uh, to keep tariffs on China. We just essentially gave it to them, didn't we? Yeah, this was, you know, John Kerry was brought in as sort of a fig leaf to China. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to keep a lot of the Trump policies in place on China, you know, uh, sort of. You know, that's that's walking a tightrope. But Kerry was brought in as being, you know, we're, this is how we be friends with China. We, we bring in China in the, in the climate change narrative. We help China helps us save the planet. And, of course, John Kerry and people in his office were instrumental in promoting the idea that the United States had to lift tariffs on Chinese companies in Southeast Asia to import more Chinese solar. So. We'll talk more about that when we get right back with Ken Raposa with the prosperousamerica.org. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Ken, let me ask you a question. Ken Raposa we're talking with, and his group is Prosperous America, Coalition for Prosperous America. America can become prosperous by using fossil fuels. We've got an abundance of them. They're cheap here. We don't have to import them. We were exporting them. Fossil fuels could make us, once again, a world leader in production. This is something that I believe could happen as opposed to going green. Other countries like China, India, they're not going green. They're building more coal plants than you've ever seen. And the fact of the matter is, if we don't start using our fossil fuels, we are not going to be able to be competitive in the world market, in my opinion. Is that uh, a, a wrong way to look at things, or do you see it the same way? No. You, well, you, you, well, look, where, where are the, what are the alternative energies? The alternative energies... In, instead of oil and, and natural gas, natural gas is a big way we heat our homes, right? And right, but alter- alternative energies are not that dependable, for one thing. Alternative energies yep. use technologies and all, so where you even just said China's going to be the solar sunshine, OPEC of our world, 
And so yeah, we are turning like over all our energy to places like China when we've got energy here in abundance. Correct. So then it's a question of energy security, right? So what are the alternatives to natural right. gas? As I said, it's solar and wind because no one talks about nuclear, even though that should be on the table. But it takes seven years to build a nuclear power plant. And I don't know of any that are being built right now in the United States. There might be one or two. Um, I don't think I they've built there. one since the 1970s. Now, here yeah. in Arizona, <laughs> we're turning use... back on the Diablo Canyon or whatever it's called in, in, uh, in, uh, in North, Northern California. They're supposed to, they wanted to shut it down, decommission it, and apparently that's going to have its life extended. So that's, that's, I guess, good news for California. But you're going to go from being fossil fuel secure in the United States to all of a sudden being dependent on green tech imported from Europe in wind. Right. They're big wind producers for now. China will take that over eventually, probably within five years. And solar, which is, you know, 80% of solar manufactured solar panels come from China. And all the inputs that go into making those solar panels, majority of that comes from China. So you're going to be dependent not on not on OPEC, which is a collection of nations, but instead you'd be dependent on China, which is one nation. And of course, the other thing that people don't think about, which is very important, is is if all of a sudden you're going to have more expensive energy, like they have in Europe, that's why they're turning coal black on in Germany. Right. Right. If you're going to have more expensive energy, let's pretend you and I, we have a factory, we make widgets. Well, it costs us $100 a kilowatt to run our factory over here, but it only costs us $0.20 cents a kilowatt, let's say, you know, a dollar a kilowatt to run our factory here, and it costs $0.20 cents a kilowatt to run our factory in Mexico, and it costs $0.10 cents a kilowatt to run it in, in China. Where are you and I, even being patriots, where, where do you and I consider making our widgets so we can stay in business? Yeah, you got. So go you know, to... this this is another issue that people a lot of times don't think about because it's all about the climate and it's all about ruining the Western world and re- the new industrial revolution where you're destroying the old and you know building something from scratch, including new fuel. That's that's the new thing, destroying the old fuel and building the new fuel, while the rest of the emerging market, namely Asia, doesn't have to deal with those regulations and rules. They can have they can power their factories on. Two cents a kilowatt, whatever it is, twenty cents a kilowatt, and you'll do yours on a dollar. Well, if I'm Siemens of Germany and I'm building a big turbine engine in my factory and it's going to cost me, you know, a dollar a kilowatt versus two cents a kilowatt, where am I going? Right. So what you're saying is, we are regulating ourselves out of prosperity. Regulating ourselves out of prosperity, and this is a great idea. This is a great goal for for the Western one world kumbaya types because. If you lower the prosperity of, of the Western world, you sort of get the middle class to sort of crumble under their own weight. Right, right. Uh, and you rise up the Asian class, right, where the, mo- most of the people live. And they're still, you know, they're still, you know, mixing cement and flip-flops in, in places like India and China. Right. Uh, then what happens is one day, once again, the, the, the widget maker in Phoenix, Arizona, is essentially making the same amount as the widget maker in uh, Guangdong, China. You see, right, right. So it's all equal. So now I don't have to hire. I don't have to. I don't have to worry about labor. I don't have to worry about the, the cost of labor to do to conduct my global business because it's the same whether I'm hiring someone in Guangdong, Sao Paulo, or Buffalo. That's the dream, right? That's the ultimate dream. The, the ultimate dream is we're all going to be poor worldwide. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal 
fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. We had a manufacturer in the United States, LG Electronics, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, February 22nd, they let go 200 people, 200 workers. Jobs production went where? Went to China. Uh, two problems that they had. The polysilicone that was mined by slave labor, the Uyghurs, uh, that was bad. And uh, can't obtain it. And the other one was shipping costs were too high. China got hit with anti-dumping tariffs. Prices went up 50%. So what they do, they set up shop in Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, just ran it right through there. So they they are clever. They know how to get around the tariffs and a lot of these things, don't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, look, look, China, look, China thinks of Asia the way the United States in the 50s, 60s, 70s thought of, let's say, the Americas and even part of Europe. It's their vassal. It's their vassal state, okay? Right. You know, you, I lived right. in Brazil for many years. So you go to Brazil, and there was no such thing as a nascent Brazilian auto industry, you know? It was all American. Were, I mean, everything was Amer- – every, pretty much every, every big company was, was American. So right. you know, China's like, hey, I'm, gonna, I, I'm taking that model, and I'm doing this with Asia. So to China, Southeast Asia is really an outpost to the big Chinese multinationals now. So they're very easy for them to just shift – shift production to these countries. Of course, China doesn't really want to do that uh, willy-nilly because they also have a country of, you know, let's say 400 million workers. Of course, they have a population of one point something billion. Not all of them are workers. Some are children, some are elderly. But 400 million workers that they have to house and feed and keep happy because those people have to believe in the social contract of their, you know, what some people call their psychopathic overlords of the CCP, and right. in order to keep those people happy, those people have to feel that they're, you know, that that you know the government's got their back, but that they have a standard of living that is safe and on the upswing. So, and that that you know a lot of that has already torn in, in the recent months because of lockdowns of the zero COVID policy of policy of Xi Jinping, where you're you know locking down Shanghai and people are shouting from their buildings and you know basically screaming to be let out like, like, they're, in a, right, like they're in a prison so right. that, that social that social contract is torn a little bit they all were in, they all were on house arrest these guys employed what's that they all were on house arrest all on house arrest exactly so again my right. point was though that you know china doesn't want to offshore like american multinationals want to offshore because china's government also wants to make sure that that the plebs are, are gainfully employed otherwise there's a lot more of them than there are of CCP bosses, right? Right. Uh, so you right. know, it's, it's 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 a tricky situation. They're, they're outnumbered. They got to keep these. They got to keep these people 
fat and happy and entertained, you know. And one thing after reading, sure they're working. after reading your article, Ken, one thing that I noticed is we have been aiding China on every chance we can. Biden increased uh, the quota to import solar cells, doubled it. He dropped the tariffs for double-sided solar cells uh, used by utilities. Well, they just mislabeled stuff when they brought it over. But <laughs> uh, he made China the solar sunshine OPEC. Uh, the only people making money off of this is going to make money for everybody, new jobs and everything. The only one making money are the installers because the, chi- the panels are almost all Chinese. He wants the U.S. 40% solar by 2035. 80% of the voters want the U.S. made solar. Uh, this is just incredible. The U.S. has no capacity to build util- utility-grade solar. So this is really big. And we also don't know how to get rid of these solar panels when they go out. We have nowhere to do it. We've got thousands of them to be dumped. And where are we going to put them? we got no way to dispose of them, do we? I heard about this. I read a story. I think I heard about a story. I think it was the New York Times, actually, about how they could be could be toxic of of course you know where, where where do you put it you know these things don't come from pixie dust it's not like it's also <laughs> not like you know a, a to-go container that's made of uh made from right. plants that you could throw in your backyard compost this is a big piece of metal that uh has glass and components and wires mixed in and those things i, I don't know how long a solar panel lasts the technology is a lot better than it was in the 70s and 80s so i'm sure they last a long time but what's a long time is it 10 years is it is it 50 years well, you know, uh, what happens after 50 years? Where do you put where do you put acres and acres of solar that have outst- outlasted their their, their lifespan? I, I, Absolutely. I really don't know. Absolutely. And how much farmland and other land is it taking up to put these solar farms up? It takes a lot a of lot. lot of land <laughs> for those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, now, I want to tell you one thing that might make your day. So, you know, yes. this company we started off talking about, which is YMTC, which stands for Yangtze Memory Technology Corps. They're a big Apple partner. And there is chatter. Reuters reported this, uh, I think, yesterday. And there is there is a, a consideration of putting them on a like a, what's called an entity list. And that would make it so that Apple was would be unable to do business with them. So that company right now is free and clear, even though they're state-owned, uh, or at least partially state-owned by the Chinese government. Right. So they're free and clear. You could do business with them without getting permission from the U.S. government to do so. But that might change. And if so, Apple would be in trouble. They would have a harder time, perhaps, doing business with, y- with YMTC. Wow. That would be a major. Yeah, major I mean, of course, break. the Apple lobbyists in there are calling, you know, Congress and calling Con- Commerce Department and calling the International Trade Commission, you know, every every week. Of course, you know, we we you know. So whether they're <laughs> successful, you know, we we don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. Now, the other article that I really loved was the SEC's climate proposal sets table Oof. for Netherlands-style farm crisis in the U.S. Now, when I'm looking at this. How much land, how much farmland uh, has the uh, have the Chinese bought up here? And how much land have we bought up in China? Well, I don't know how much land the Chinese have bought up here, but I guarantee you it's a thousand times more than the land we bought there. We're not allowed to buy land there, are we? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm pretty sure not. A lot of the land that was bought here was bought by a company called Smithfield Foods, which used to be an American-owned company, publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange, and now it's Chinese, owned by a Chinese company. They bought it, I would say, almost almost 10 years ago now. 
Yeah, that's um, fam- famous. So they, uh, Smithfield hams. Smithfield hams were really good. But then uh, China loves pork. It's a real delicacy. So that's almost a perfect fit for them. But they're buying up that. And the the farm crisis in the Netherlands, this is something uh, making life impossible. The climate change policies are making Correct. life impossible for the farmers. Yep. Now, this climate change, uh, they're doing away with uh, farming, especially the ranchers. They're really going after meat production, aren't they? Well, absolutely. And let's just take – so the SEC, let me explain. So the SEC policy story you're talking about, that ran in Forbes, I believe, on Monday. And right. that you can just type in my name, SEC, ESG, and you'll, you'll find it. Um, and that's a, that's a proposal. So it's not a rule yet. They're proposing it. And what they want to do is, let's, whether you're a food company or whether you're a fossil fuel company, is they want to make it that if you're publicly traded, and that also includes your publicly traded lender, that those guys have to know how much pollution Erskine is. So if I'm, let's say, let's make it simple. So let's say I'm Bank of America and I'm lending money to you, your radio station. And I want to know, I'm lending you know, a million dollars a year to you guys, a million dollar loan out to you guys. And I want to know, as a matter of course, Hey, how is this radio station? Who, who turns your lights on? What do you plug into? Well, I'm plugged into the local Arizona coal-fired power plant. Eh, negative. Negative. I don't, I don't know if I could give you a loan anymore. You see? So these, these are things that are going to happen. These are things that we're seeing happening in the Netherlands. Of course, we're just focusing on farms, and this is the things that the SEC wants to do. And farms would be heavily impacted by this. Now, one of the reasons why this is the case is because, again, it goes back to what I'm sure many of you are – you know, listeners have heard of, you know, the, the Davos Great Reset, right? And if right. you're going to look at it like this, it's a, it's a new industrial revolution, okay? It's a new industrial revolution going on in the West. The Western world leads it. They're destroying the old, and they're rebuilding things from scratch. And there's basically five pillars in this. And that would be new food. So that would be none of the traditional farms that you know of. We're going to do cultured beef. We're going to try the cultured beef world. That's beef made in the lab. You know, your farmer's wearing a lab coat. New fuel, that's solar and wind, Okay. Uh, new transportation, that's your Tesla, new drugs, not for sick people, so not drugs on for cancer patients, it's new drugs for healthy people. So, you know, you're a man, you think you're a girl, here's a drug for you for the rest of your life. You're a healthy guy, you're a healthy person, but now you're a girl, so you're going to own these drugs oh. for the rest of your life. You know, there's a new pandemic out, we don't know what it is, here's a new vaccine. You know, here it is, every month you got to get it, get the subscription model. So that's, that's the new, and then finally it would be new money, which would be central bank digital currency. So all these things are rolling out. As we speak, and, and ESG, the, the Environment Social Governance uh, Policy of SEC, whether willingly or not, leads to these things because it pressures Western companies that are polluting industries to greatly downsize, consolidate them at the top where big corporations buy them out. Or these guys, you know, all these guys just go out of business, and it opens the door for alternatives like solar, like wind, or like I said, like a, a lab-grown meat, which is a trend that you know a lot of startups are invested in right now. Right, right. Now you've got you got a couple of things. They're out to destroy domestic farming. It's becoming too expensive. The cost of diesel, mm-hmm. the cost of pure fertilizer, and especially the cost of regulations. Uh, this is all going together to force the farmers out of business, isn't it? Well, yeah, or you become a hobby farmer, you know? So you and I, we have 20 acres of land, and I got maybe right, 10 cows right. on it, and maybe I sell one. I got a bull, and he sires a calf or whatever, and I, you know, give it, sell it to someone for meat, and I make, you know, maybe $1,000 or whatever it is. But it's not – it's a hobby. It's a hobby farm, you know? 
And, and then the rest would be like these massive commercial farms with thousands of heads of cattle living, you know, shoulder to shoulder. The ones that the environmentalists have been complaining about for years and years, stepping in their own dung, eating hay because the grass is gone because they've eaten it all. Uh, right. And those guys will thrive. And then if those guys don't thrive, then what will happen is the local meat packer will just import beef from Botswana and Brazil where those regulations don't exist. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about how they're more offshore of native grown, raised food, more imports from countries without agricultural restrictions. So we're just doing away with it. Now, if this is happening, why would the Chinese and Bill Gates be buying up so much farmland in the United States? I don't know why China would be doing it other than maybe they see it as a way to make it more, you know, make it so that when there is consolidation, they can put more pigs that they own on that land or they could put cattle that they own as a big giant multinational on that land. And they'll have the wherewithal to afford those. those, those well, uh, well one, one thing, Ken, um, they're buying up a lot of farmland around uh, military bases. That's one thing. So we know what that's right. For. So then they can put up a Huawei, you know, five G tower, and right. they can, you know, you know, they can listen to what's in, you know, what's you going betcha. on in the military base. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen because I'm sure the government will not let a Huawei tower go up anywhere near a military base. But but the biggest sure farm farm owner right now in the United States is Bill Gates. And if they're putting more restrictions, why would he invest in something like that? He wouldn't. Well, the only thing I can think of if I want to be really, you know, sinister is that he's buying it because he wants to put it in nature preserve so you can't buy it. Ah. So that it just lays fallow so you don't use it. Yeah, we got all these acres of land that could be used for, you know, arable land that could be used for food. But no, sorry, you can't put anything on it because Bill Gates or some some philanthropic guy who cares about the planet. He owns it all. So you just gonna have to eat the lab grown, you know, mealworm patties or something like that instead. You know, these, well, these are markets. These are markets that these guys think are going to exist in five or ten years. They really believe this. I don't well, know if people are going to eat cricket cricket burgers, but they think they will, and so they're trying for it. They're they're gearing up for that. They've got companies making it in Canada right now. Worms and uh, cricket <laughs> burgers and all that type of stuff. They're really working on exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. So this is something that's coming in, and they don't want you eating any more meat or anything like that. So it's a total, right. total change. Everything is impossible burgers and soy this, soy that. It's all mm-hmm. chemically manufactured. And so you're going yeah. to be at but other even, people's at least the whims. Impossible burger, though, uh, Erskine, right? At least we could say that is, is grown from a farm. So I could say, okay, that's endami or, or pea uh, and soy all mixed in. Of course, it's, it's heavily processed. But you and I can say, okay, well, that's the way the world's going. Okay, I'm, going to, I'm not going to have my cattle anymore. I'm going to grow this pea protein and this soy. So I can still be a farmer. I can still, ha- I can still have that life. But how about the cricket? How about, how about the mealworm? I don't, or how about the lab-grown meat, you know, where somebody, I got two or three cows, some lab guy comes and makes, an indent, makes a slice and, you know, a muscle in a cow and brings it to the, stitches them up, brings it to a lab and turns that little piece of flesh into a, whatever it is, tries to grow it animal stem, stem cell tries to grow it into a hamburger i mean literally this this i mean this is what science right is trying to do there are startups in this space you you can look it up i think i even linked to it in the forbes article wow uh, you could just look up you know cultured beef and oh here's another beauty because we talked about talking about we talked about china uh a lot in our, in our call every five years china comes up with every year rather china comes up with their five-year plan and guess what china is heavily invested in in their five-year plan it is that new foods market that i that i mentioned earlier it is the lab-grown meat market so china is heavily invested in that because they know the western world is just going to outsource it to them if they go if they go that route 
they'll just get the IP on it. They'll get the intellectual property. I don't know. I <laughs> I don't I don't want to go that way. You don't want to go that way. What about the no, money? They're also, either, they're also talking. You know, I mean, they're, they're trying. They're trying for it. They're also talking in this country. I've heard talk and read a couple of articles where they definitely want to do away with money. Cash. Especially. Well, yeah, that, that would be the new money. That would be like a central bank digital currency system. That, that, and, that, and that's when, and that puts you on a, that puts you on a, in sort of a control grid, you know, sort of like. Yeah, so everyone, right? they know everything you spend it on. Now, the, you, there's a really, aside from that, aside from knowing everything you spend your money on, there's another big downfall. Because at one point, I think it was Norway that went down two days before a major holiday. All the grid went down. Nobody could get any money. Nobody could spend anything. Ouch. We'll be right back with Ken Raposo. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Again, this is rather disturbing, and I'm saying that in the mildest of terms. New food, new <laughs> fuel, new drugs, new money. Is this what's really coming? Do you really believe this is what's coming? It looks like they're implementing it day by day. How can we stop it? How can we get back to prosperity? How can we get back to sanity? Okay, so yes, of course it's coming. Of course it's coming. Uh, you look at where the money is going. You look at their startups that exist and what I just described to you, uh, where some countries in Europe, for example, are charging heavy taxes on people who run, who, who buy a, um, a traditional car instead of an electric vehicle. So they're forcing it on you. Again, you have to think of it as a new industrial revolution, right? And it's, right. It, but it's different than the horse and buggy giving way to the Model T. It's more of, you know, we're going to kill your horse, kill your buggy, burn the wheels, and you're going to buy this car. I can't afford it. doesn't matter. You have to figure out how you're going to get it because everything right, else is right. going to be destroyed. So they're literally laying it's a shock law type system that they're enforcing uh, on people because, you know, it is unclear to me if people really want to uh, drive a Tesla because maybe people um, drive far. Maybe they don't like that style of car. Maybe they don't like the way it looks. They like an SUV. Is there an electric SUV? Well, yeah, there is, but it costs $80,000. Do people have $80,000 for an SUV? So it depends. Um, it depends on consumer. Are, the, are consumers going to buy it? You know, when you came out with the Beyond Meat or uh, the Impossible Whopper, were people buying it? I, th- I think you know, I, I challenge one of your listeners, just go to Burger King and order an Impossible Whopper. I mean, it tastes fine. It doesn't taste like meat, but it, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, and just curiously ask them, you know, is this a big seller? I mean, are people, are people buying this stuff? Because Beyond Meat, when it did its initial public offering, I think on the NICE, could be on the NASDAQ, but when they did their IPO, 
it rocketed. And now that thing is down like 80% since its IPO. So some investors aren't, aren't buying it, and I don't even think consumers are eating it. So when you ask me, is this really going to happen, they're certainly trying. The powers that be are certainly trying because they're trying to create new markets, right? That's how they're thinking of it. They're trying to create new markets. They want new things to invest in. The old way is saturated in their mind, and they're coming out with a new way. And these are the sectors that I said that are, are, are primed, are primed for the pump. They're, that's where the, all the money is going, the new food. And we're going to punish the traditional farming. New fuel, we're going to punish oil and gas, right? New transportation, right. we're going to punish guys who don't make electric cars or, or drive electric cars. New drugs, okay, new pandemic every other year. Here's a new vaccine you must get or you can't work, you can't go to school, keep, can't keep fly, getting whatever. Boosted. Keep getting boosted. So it just boosted. goes on and on. Now, when you're talking about the, the cars and the fuel, in other words, that's why they're saying – they're not worried about the price of gas because they want us to be forced out of our gas cars. They're not worried about mm-hmm. the food because what they're doing is they're forcing it. They're going to raise the price of food to where we can't afford it. We're going to have to go to plants. I mean, all of this is being forced upon us so that we're being led by the nose this direction. And this they're forcing it upon us because you won't be able to afford it. And this is the great reset. They take the money from the poor, giving it to those who are even richer. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, you, you can look at it like that. And I know some people will see that as a conspiracy theory or whatever, even though the world... Like, no, it's form. not theory. It's, it's right there. It. It's not. It's, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. It's out in the open. But, you know, you hear the media or the blue check marks on Twitter. They'll go up in arms about it and wh- whatever. You know, the usual suspects will complain. But, again, don't use their language. You know, use, the, use what it really is. It's a new industrial revolution in the West, coming from the Western world. They're destroying the old. They're destroying the old. And they're rebuilding a new market, and they're rebuilding it along the lines of those five things primarily. And you could see it every day. You could see it in their policies. You could see it in what they do with, with on, on which, climate change. Which one did the I, needle in that direction. It's not hard. Which one did I get? I, I missed one. Food, fuel, drugs, money. Which other one? Tra- uh, fuel, transportation, cars. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. So... Are we going to be able to adapt to this? Well, it looks to me like we're not going to have a lot of choice if uh, it goes along there, the way that they're doing it, because you won't be able to afford to use get any of the things that we're used to. It just comes that simple, doesn't it? Right. It all depends. Everything depends on consumer choice. Otherwise, it's like a top-down, you know, technocratic society that says you will eat the muffin or you will. Eat the, you know, you will have one cat, you will have one kid, you will drive one car, you will live in this apartment. Communist. You, you style, can right? eat, you can eat your regular hamburger, but it's going to cost you twenty five dollars <laughs> a pound. You can eat one regular hamburger a week, but if you eat two, it's going to cost you the ESG. Your climate credit score is going to drop, and that's going to affect your credit. I mean, who knows? I, I mean, this is, they would love this, and many people come out and say it, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who you know you and I might not like who disagree and think yeah this is you're right Ken this is this this is a bad idea no one's no one's going to buy this people aren't going to be cooking oh. out and having mealworm burgers they're just not going to have you know when Get I was in China in 2000 I think it was 18 I went to this market and they sold all kind of Chinese foods including wacky Chinese foods okay like 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 fried tarantulas and fried scorpions and I can tell wow. you Hold on a second, kid. Thank you. Remember, prosperousamerica.org. All aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station.